0: Welcome to this week's episode of Ronan Talks Languages. This week, I talk to Dave O'Queave, an Irish professional wakeboarder. Dave is an avid language learner and he puts his languages to good use in the wakeboarding business. Keep listening to find out more.
1: How are you, Dave? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, very well, very well. Thank you very much for having me on. How are you doing? Grand.
0: It's a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on my show. So I'm just going to have a quick chat about your language learning experiences and your experiences in the water sports uh, sector, I suppose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously so different, but then they do intertwine in different bits. For me, learning... So I speak French is, is my second language, and it wasn't a learning curve as such, as in it was kind of just something... That I've always been able to do. So I learned it at a very young age. I think maybe two and a half, three is when I kind of I got exposed to it. So basically, my parents sent me into a French school in Dublin and I went in there at a young age and you just do everything through French. And it's kind of like learning English, is, is how I almost describe it. So you're just exposed to it and you just pick it up. I've learned a little bit of Spanish since and you almost have to like learn the endings and learn the drills and all that. Whereas with the French, it kind of just came as I grew up. And yes, then that kind of fast forwarded. I stayed in the French school till I was in fifth class. So I actually went the whole way through. And you're learning like maths through French. You're learning geography through French. So it's quite difficult and the speaking was always okay, but it was the spelling definitely gets a little bit more difficult. Also, French don't make it easy as well. No, I mean, no languages do, even English, like we're terrible the way we have different things. But uh, yeah, so I learned that and then I went to normal school after that and I actually went completely off French for a while. uh, Because when I left, it was, I'm going to say Bittersweet, probably leaning towards the bitter end Mm -hmm. and hence why i left in fifth class not sixth class so i went off it for a long long time and it was actually only as i kind of came to my leaving cert and i realized i speak this really if i put a little bit of time into it it could be an easy i I thought it could be an easy a it wasn't an a it was it was a b but at least it was a relatively easy b a lot easier than getting one in maths or something yeah and so i did it then and then i ended up doing it for university in university for a year as well and it was then when I kind of started to see like, oh, it's actually quite valuable. And then traveling as well, it comes hugely into play.
0: Is there any reason like you went to a French primary school? Because it's quite an unusual thing.
1: Very unusual. So most kids who go there, they have like a parent who's French or a grandparent, or maybe they've lived in France. A big reason a lot of people go is because as you get into the secondary school of it, it has the IB. So that, so let's say parents who are traveling or whatever, they might have to move country. The kid can stay in that in international baccalaureate but my reason was very uh was uh, <laughs> nearly i'll be shocked for saying it but basically my mother isn't a huge fan of religion and obviously in ireland most schools are catholic protestant whatever it might be and so she just kind of looked around and the french school had like it, it's religion neutral you know french was obviously a byproduct my mum loves the idea of her kids being able to speak french as well but that was the reason very unusually so it was quite quite strange i was one of two or three kids in the class without, without a French parent.
0: And like, you know, when you went into first year, like your first year of school, like secondary school, you obviously yeah. did French then.
1: I didn't actually. Didn't. I, did I said I went off and I really went off. And I did <laughs> Spanish. Well, right. Uh, so
0: what did you do? Spanish, was it? Or was it?
1: Did Spanish, yeah. And obviously they cross over massively. And, and that's kind of the great thing with a lot of languages.
0: But did you find that when you took up the Spanish, that the learning curve was less than like your other classmates?
1: Yeah, massively. I mean, yeah, because obviously there's so many words like piscine is swimming pool in, in French and piscina is in Spanish. So it's like a lot of the words, If so, like if, I don't know, it just makes sense. A lot of the cross is over quite well, so it definitely helped a lot. But I was very bad at spelling. I mean, I was bad at spelling English as well, but it, I found that was where my I got stuck always.
0: OK, right. So like you, you did the French, like, do you think you maybe went off because you were like almost pushed down like a blind alley?
1: Yeah. So obviously I think like, and I always say to my mom. I'm always like, OK, like it's great to go in the French school, particularly at the really young ages. You don't even, you're not aware of learning or whatever. And then I would say maybe like third or fourth class, it's good to come out because it changes a, a little bit at that point. It, they almost advance a little bit sooner than we do. So when you're in sixth class in in a French school you're actually in first year it's I'm never gonna be able to explain it but basically yeah their education gets a little bit harder earlier and so that at that point I think it would be nice to come out and even socially it's it's different in there for sure and obviously you're not there's very few let's say Irish kids in the school so obviously it's different to society out there and there's definitely a cultural difference when I went in like I hated school in the French school Um, and it wasn't because of French it was maybe just the culture in the school and then I was really not that into it and then come secondary school I actually really enjoyed myself and I didn't want to leave come sixth year so
0: so like how have you been back to France like since
1: yeah loads so so that's the thing so I, I did go a few times maybe like 15 16 for a few events like wakeboarding and I just kind of nearly refused to speak it which is terrible and then it was like come so to give a background, when I went into university, I did one year and then I I left uh, to go wakeboarding full time, and it was then that I learned it was really valuable. So, for example, like two or three of the international judges are French, so then all of a sudden I was like a barrier and I was able to chat to them. So next thing you know, I was like, oh, this is actually quite useful. And then the same with other athletes. And obviously in a competition, everyone's friendly, but there is a bit of hostility. Yeah. And then if let's say you can. Com- you can kind of break down that barrier with a French athlete. So you can kind of have them in your corner and they can maybe tell you about the course or what's going on. So it became hugely kind of valuable to me then and I realised this is actually quite nice to have. So yeah, it's it's interesting how it came back around in the end.
0: Has there been any like wakeboarding tournaments that you've really, like you've been in a situation and you're like, okay, I need my languages to get me out of this hole?
1: Not out of a hole. I have had in a in a coaching scenario actually so I was in Dubai and I was basically coaching these I, I say so you to do on the side of competing and I was coaching these I'm going to say they're Lebanese I'm not 100% on that and um, but there was these three big guys and they were really difficult to teach because generally like small petite people are easier to teach wakeboarding because uh, it's very little strength involved and i just couldn't get through to them and they were really struggling and then eventually i was like and this is one of the first times i cracked open my, my french and i just started speaking to them in french and it really broke down it didn't i wouldn't say it got me out of a hole but it definitely helped kind of gain their attention to kind of actually give them a bit of an advantage i wasn't then just some wakeboard coach i had a bit of kind of education which i think they maybe admired or liked
0: maybe it's not even the language it's the efforts.
1: yes exactly exactly
0: you're obviously a full-time wakeboarder can you tell me a bit about your um like any special achievements or anything that you've had
1: uh yeah i mean i I would say the biggest achievement has been like the lifestyle it's given me obviously Hmm. minus the last 18 months it's been like incredible obviously the travel side of it's been phenomenal so definitely the lifestyle obviously there's been events like I think at the end of 2019 I came fourth in the world so that was a big one but it's it's definitely the lifestyle uh that's that's been incredible like I basically spent the last the guts of the last eight years on like traveling to two and wherever more or less I either wanted to go or, or was invited to go or whatever it was so yeah that's definitely been the best thing about it
0: yeah and I've seen you've been a part of a bit of tv presenting how was that
1: it's been good yeah that's also then just when you think you, i remember thinking when i stop wakeboard now i won't be doing some of the travel so much and then tv presenter came in and you're traveling even more uh, and that's actually been great for the for languages as well but so how that, that came about i was just doing a bit of youtube stuff and then i got invited to that and um, but it's been great because for example there's like a french canadian cliff diver who's one of the best female divers and even just like being able to have small talk with the divers because my job with the cliff diving is I interview the divers after they dive. So it, it's on live TV and then they'll be like, "Now down to Dave and Dave's with, and then whoever it is. So even just a small talk before to kind of maybe calm their nerves if they're nervous to go on, on TV. As if they're or nervous
0: like, to go on TV after they've jumped
1: off a cliff.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. But
1: it's funny, for a lot of people, that the diving's simple. They're used to that. It's the TV side of the, that might have them anxious. But yeah, so that, that's been nice. Obviously, it hasn't been a huge... Part, but it's just nice to have the language there as well
0: would you ever give a uh, tv presented in french or spanish a go
1: no way no chance no. i struggle with <laughs> english enough i'm terrible
0: um i remember i tried uh i don't know it's obviously wakeboarding but it's not on the back of a boat or anything it's on like a cable
1: yes yeah and, uh,
0: it was in marbella
1: ah yes i know the spot well yeah
0: and um i don't know why i was probably about 16 or 17 and i was like i'll give that a go that sounds okay bear in mind i can't skateboard for my life and it's like we got it got to a corner and like it's a real like it like swings around like it doesn't just like go like that it like swings and all i remember being is like fecked off and like waking up backwards in the water with like loads of people pulling me out oh Um,
1: no yeah yeah that place in my is pretty brutal as well it's one of the older systems so they maybe don't have the finesse but yeah it basically swings around accelerates you and then you're just out of control nearly it's it's pretty tough but yeah that's so there is two sides to wakeboard and there's the traditional which is behind the bow but now kind of i'd say uh, not the future of the sport but potentially from an olympic point of view anyway this yep. future is there uh, is the cable is the cable side of wakeboarding it's a completely different sport i do both but it's very very different for sure
0: yeah um have you had any like scary incidents in wakeboarding
1: no i mean I, you, with any sport you're gonna have like i've been knocked out a couple times uh they're the worst maybe or i'm trying to think what else. No, I've been really lucky, touch wood. I haven't had any major, major injuries, but a few kind of moments, usually it's the scariest moments like in the air when you almost know it's going to happen and you're like, oh no, and then you just brace and sometimes it's okay, sometimes you might be hurt. But no, I've been lucky. I mean, the worst has actually been whiplash. Like That's the kind of dead ones that'll get you.
0: I thought that crashing into the water and drowning would be the worst.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, generally, if you wear a life jacket, it's actually really safe. Like, isn't if I could... Convince my granny to do it. I'd, like I'd be <laughs> confident she wouldn't get hurt. Like it's really safe in the right environment, anyway.
0: So you've you've gone away and you've spoken to potentially Lebanese people. We'll, we'll never know. But have you ever done like any stints in France, like long times, or in in Spain or anything like that?
1: Not since I was a child. I did as a child spend. I couldn't even say. I'd say like four months, five months in France, but not since then. No, and and I definitely would now. Uh, and I think it would actually be the best way because obviously I always describe it as like I'm fluent, but I kind of speak the Queen's English or French, if that makes yeah. sense. So I don't necessarily have like the slang nailed or whatever. Um, I, I probably speak a little bit too properly with it. So I would like to go and spend a bit of time there because I think I'd then pick up how French people actually speak French as opposed to the textbook um which is a little bit i do find that even going to the french school and your teachers are all french and your other students because they're out of france they might not have the slang as well if that makes sense so that would be one thing i'd love to do for sure
0: going over to a country definitely it definitely helps because like i i remember like when like i did french the whole way up through school and our teacher was french but she never taught us the slang yeah. and then then when i went into college we didn't do a class like that was oral work as such but it was like the, the teacher did focus a lot on um actual french words and i was like i was like this sounds like a new language yeah, so and it was yeah. the same with spanish when i moved to barcelona that was like a whole new world so like how how important do you think it is to to have a foreign language even like one or two like do you think it's important in in the wakeboarding oh, industry or
1: even nothing to do with the wakeboard industry take that out it's there's going to be times, whether it happens on Dunleary Pier or it happens in Zimbabwe, there's going to be times where your second language is going to come in handy, uh, particularly if you ever go traveling or whatever it is. Um, and I think in Ireland, it's tough because in secondary school, it's, it's made feel like a chore sometimes and I can say straight up so I actually had do you ever hear of the TV presenter Derek Hardigan he's the TV3 weatherman you have a look of him up after this he was my Spanish teacher in school and he was for first year only this is before Hollywood found him and he went and he he pursued that career but he was brilliant like he was just a brilliant teacher and he made it enjoyable and then after that we had a series of good teachers but it wasn't the same kind of experience if that makes sense and I think that that made me realize that there is definitely the opportunity for it to be an enjoyable way of learning because I think in Ireland it's particularly Irish like let's most people let's go a spade to spade most people like oh I have Irish next or whatever and I think that's probably the wrong approach and if they were brought into a more enjoyable environment with it uh, whether that's obviously traveling is maybe a big ask to Bring kids from school to to France or Spain, but maybe I don't know. Finding a way to integrate it into an enjoyable, enjoyable manner could be quite good. And um, but yeah, you never know when it could just you you see one someone speaking a language that you can also speak, and it's it works to your advantage.
0: Yeah, going back to your point about Irish, like I hear this in the corridor as well about Spanish, and I actually get offended. I'm like, wow I'm I'm doing my best in that classroom to make a, to make a subject enjoyable. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The Irish teachers are really, uh, really probably struggling then.
1: <laughs> I know. Most of, I feel bad for them. You don't, when you're a kid, you don't even realise. You just, you just don't think that teachers are people almost. Isn't it terrible?
0: Yeah. So what, what language would be next on the list? Like if, take everything to do with difficulty out and say you had all the time in the world to, to learn it, what language would be the next one on your list?
1: Two languages. So Spanish, obviously I have a basic understanding of it, but I'd love to know that. Like to be able to fluently speak that just because it's everywhere. To be honest, like my experience in the States is nearly as many people speak Spanish as as, Ameri- as, as American, as English. So, um, so I definitely say Spanish is a big one because worldwide it's so useful. And then I mean, Chinese, obviously, because I think it'd be very cool to speak it. And um, I think it'd be very difficult to articulate it. But I think it'd be really, really, I think it'd be very practical as well. And then, I mean, it'd be nice to just tick off like French, Spanish, Portuguese uh, Italian, all those ones, because then you're you're free to go around Europe and South America and, and everything like that. Um, and they're all reasonably similar. I'd say Portuguese is on a different level now, to be fair.
0: I uh, know, like, I can understand quite a bit of Portuguese just from reading it. I have a lot of friends on Instagram and stuff like that who would post in Portuguese, and um, I guess because I speak Catalan as well, which would be very similar. Okay, um, yeah. It's the French and the Spanish overlap to almost create Portuguese.
1: Okay, okay,
0: okay. Um, okay. I saw on your on your YouTube, you have a how to guide for or not how to guide, but how to videos for wakeboarding, right? Would like would they be for absolute beginners or are they for like
1: people who've been doing it for years? Everything. So there's there's everything from the very first time you wakeboard to then really advanced tricks. I generally would say the vast majority of them are based around kind of intermediate level because that's probably. The most popular kind of like that's where people go to watch videos to learn more obviously there's less people learning advanced like tricks and then first timers probably don't even think to look up a video the day before they just arrive and, and try and learn and um, so yeah the vast majority is kind of beginner to intermediate
0: so if someone's interested in seeing your videos how can they see them uh
1: just to type in david oc into youtube and uh there should be like hundreds there so I can waste many hours
0: thanks so much for joining me Dave I really appreciate it no
1: worries thank you very much for having me
0: on thanks for listening to this episode of Ronan Talks Languages be sure to follow me on Instagram Ronan Talks Languages Podcast for more information